Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. So for today, we're joined by a former Magdalo representative, uh, former congressman, uh, Francisco Ashley Acedillo. Okay, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Um, I'm happy to be here, Christian. Thank you for okay. inviting me. We'll talk about something that's very controversial. Yeah. Uh, this very unfortunate incident that happened at your institution, the Philippine Military Academy, uh, a first-class cadet, a freshman cadet, was uh, unfortunately killed. And there are now criminal charges filed against those who were allegedly behind what they call torture, hazing, and plain murder of this cadet. Now, I'd like this uh, episode to focus on helping us understand why these things are happening in the premier military academy in the Philippines, hazing. Um, unfortunately, Christian, of the 1,001 things you can talk about PMA and its cadets, uh, the last thing you want to talk about is hazing, but it's out there. And unfortunately, like you said, uh, a fourth-class cadet, uh, as promising as he was, uh, died in the hands of his fellow cadets. Now, I think uh, in this discussion, it's important to consider, to my mind, uh, at least three important components of the PMA training, which I think uh, is where hazing can you know, so, uh, play a part. Uh, we have what we call the four-class system, meaning there are, uh, there's the first year, the second year, the third year, and the fourth years. And the distinction between uh, each year is very, very distinct. In fact, they're even called uh, some nicknames. The first years are called plebs. The second years are called yearlings. The third years are called the cows. And the fourth years are either called firsties or the immaculates. Mm -hmm. uh, now, um, another aspect of the cadet training is what we call the fourth class system, uh, referring to the first years or the plebs. This is the system of breaking down uh, whatever you were as a civilian so that uh, whatever PMA wants to impart in terms of values, in terms of education, and in terms of military training will be totally absorbed by you. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of socialization, if I make, uh, use a uh, psychological term. So to integrate you yes. into a future career yes. and life as a military officer. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, one of the most uh, least understood also aspects of uh, cadet training is the honor system. Uh, the honor system basically is uh, where uh, a cadet does not lie, cheat, steal, nor, nor tolerate any anyone among them who do. Uh, you can actually challenge a cadet based on the honor code if he has committed any offense in the honor system except ask him if he has committed hazing. Why is that? Uh, I think uh, this is... Um, uh, I, I don't want this to be a, uh, um, a, a conviction uh, or, uh, or a, a indictment. an indictment of uh, the PMA system. I think uh, all this time that has not been done because it has been an uh, implicit, implicit uh, acceptance of the possibility that hazing could have occurred. And uh, both cadets and officers... Uh, would have wanted to be proactive about this and catch the perpetrators in the act rather than ask them outright uh, if they have committed uh, 
hazing uh, so, through, so, under the honor code. So let me get this straight. For example, I can say, all right, sir. I can challenge you whether did you steal my, my boots? Yes. Did you steal my lunch, my allowance? Yes. But I cannot ask you whether you committed hazing. That's correct. Isn't that self-serving? To protect well, something which is which has been happening for so many years. Yeah, that you make a good point there, uh, Christian. And I think uh, among the many uh, proposals that need to be considered in order to finally eradicate hazing from PMA, I think this proposal to make it a part of the honor system, uh, the non-commission of hazing, the challenge that you can say, all right, if you uh, have not committed hazing, I think is a crucial part in finally solving that hazing puzzle, Christian. But, but how important is that honor code? For example, if I challenge you, what happens if I ask you anyway, even if that is not included in the honor code? Did you commit hazing? All right, sir? Um, the thing is, in my What happens to me if I do that? In, in the four years uh, that I spent in PMA, I've never been asked. And uh, because I have never been asked it, I have also never uh, tried asking uh, an, on, uh, a challenge or a challenge of all right for anybody who has committed um, uh, hazing, not to you know, not to wash my hands of, not to wash my hands of it, I did decide that after I finished plebhood, that the hazing will stop with me, and I thought it would be possible to do that for the next three years that I will spend in PMA. So the the plebs that came under me, uh, as a second year, as a third year, and as a fourth year, I have tried. Uh, to do that and to some extent it is really uh, possible but then again uh, there there lies the challenge uh, Christian but uh, what happens hypothetically let's say you're challenged or a cadet is challenged ask if he had committed hazing what happens well uh, I'm not gonna say it's unprecedented but uh, I have not uh, encountered a situation where a cadet was asked to face the uh, honor committee. That's the uh, body in the PMA that uh, tries honor violations. It's a body of all cadets. There's no officer that sits there. Uh, I have never encountered a situation where um, a cadet was reported for an honor violation involving hazing and was convicted uh, uh, as such. So, do, do I take it to mean that once you're challenged for a particular violation under the honor code, you have no choice but to tell the truth? Yes, that's true. Now, if that involves hazing, like I said, uh, um, I'm not saying it's unprecedented, but I've never heard of actually a cadet being convicted for an honor violation involving hazing. Mm -hmm. Now, yung, yung, yung context ng hazing in the PMA, let's talk about that. Yung, what exactly are we talking about? Because based on what happened to Cadet Darwin Dormitorio, I, I saw the narrative of uh, the ordeal that he went through. As a civilian, someone who's not from the PMA, it seemed to me as plain torture plain abuse by those who had that opportunity to wield that immense power over a hapless and helpless cadet. Well, before I answer your question, Christian, I'd like to address that right away. No? Uh, the biggest puzzle to me with what happened to Cadet Darwin Dormitorio was that all of the senior cadets who came in contact with him, I, I was so surprised that none of them uh, was ever uh, struck by the instinct of um, humanity. Lahat sila nag, uh, nakahawak sa kanya. The instinct was to hurt him. Yeah, precisely. Wala, wala man lang nagkaroon ng uh, malasakit sa kanya. I mean, wala man lang umawat, wala man lang nagsabi na, oy, medyo tama na, nasasaktan na yung bata. I, 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 
I am um, I am totally befuddled by by such lack of uh, compassion. No, uh, the the superintendent actually I heard one of his interviews. The new superintendent, uh, Rear Admiral Kusi, uh, struck at the heart of the issue. He said, "We are training warriors, yes, but we should not be training people who lack compassion." Mm. And I think ito mga kadete na ito who are involved in this, they simply lack compassion. Eh. And yun ang pinagtataka ko because you you uh, you are yes brought up or trained in a tough environment but ako, I, I i was never i was never trained as an automaton as a robot or as a simply as a, an emotionless person eh, kasi uh, I, I i i had the opportunity of also being mentored by someone who i looked up to as big brothers and big sisters kasi at that time namin meron ng mga babae no so it's really very sad. This is it's it's a shame that it came to this simply because a group of seven or probably more cadets uh, did, was not, were not able to exhibit any amount of compassion towards cadet. And also those who knew about that particular experience but didn't say anything about yes. it. Uh, um, you know, I was I used to be a pilot, uh, Cristiano. Uh, we, we used to have this uh, doctrine. We, we call it the uh, Swiss cheese doctrine. And what does this mean? Uh, for What's a huh? Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. As in yung mga butas-butas na mm -hmm. keso. And why is this relevant to our discussion? Because uh, as applied to aviation, there has to be three layers of uh, flaws. Direct, indirect, and miscorrection for a big catastrophe in aviation to happen. Dito, similar yung nangyari eh. Yung, yung kadete na direct... Yung kadete na directly responsible for him. Yung uh, cadets that who, would who should be supervising his unit. And the, offer and the officers who should be supervising the cadets. Lahat ito nag-fail sila. Mm -hmm. That's why that big catastrophe, that death of uh, cadet dormitorio happened. It's really similar to what happens in aviation. No? There... Three layers of supervision have to be breached in order for this to happen. Dapat dun palang sa mga directly in, uh, in charge of him, they should have known already that something was not, not right with him. Yeah, let's try to understand that because based on the narrative, it seemed that uh, those who had the opportunity to, to hurt him took that opportunity. Parang yeah. it was automatic to them. Yeah. Um, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's assume this uh, scenario, Christiano. Uh, na yung yung nang nanakit kay Darwin were not uh, directly in charge of him okay so, oh, sige, kasi, can you yeah, kasi meron kaming small unit uh, leadership na in-exercise eh. uh, two plebs one or two plebs are assigned to a second year uh, he's called the yearling buddy mm. he will be the one to teach these plebs all the aspects of uh, uh, cadet uh, life and then over these plebs and this yearling body is a squad leader. So, dun palamang, may two layers of leadership and supervision. Na. Squad leader is third year? Third year. And a yearling body, second year. Uh, in charge of these plebs, including cadet dormitorio. So, one squad leader, one yearling body. Yes. Over one or two yes. plebs. Okay. Yes. So, dun palamang, na-check na sana yung ginagawa kay cadet dormitorio. Ang problema lang, kung yung ito mismong yearling body at saka yung squad leader ang nanakit sa kanya or kung hindi sila ibang kadete pinabayaan nila 
yung plebo nila. What, what should have been done? Let's say uh, you are not directly assigned over a cadet like dormitorio, but you hurt him, you abused him, or even tortured him. What was the uh, squad leader or the yearling body supposed to do? Now, under uh, PMA regulations and under the law, they should have reported that already. Uh, uh, when I entered PMA in 1995, there was still no anti-hazing law. But there were uh, what we call uh, CCAFP regulations or contained in what we call a manual, the Gray Book. So, dun palamang maltreatment is already a punishable and a reportable offense. But, but how effective is that, uh, is that code or rule book given also the fact that you have this code of silence among the cadets? Um, as per experience, Christian, no? um, what the squad leaders uh, and the yearling bodies tend to do if they themselves were the ones who hurt the cadet was to, you know, uh, uh, was to keep it. Yun nga, uh, according to that, uh, uh, code of silence, omerta. So, uh, and then, uh, sila na, hindi na nga nila dinadala sa um, hospital. Uh, what they do is they treat the the bruises uh, that they inflicted uh, as was the case with me. Um, and uh, I did not report it. Ano ba yun sa inyo? Yung uh, what, you're, you're a member of class 1999, yes, right? Yes. So you entered the, the, the Academy 1995. Yep. So, so uh, what was your experience as a police? So, uh, and this is an unfortunate thing to admit, uh, Christian, no? Uh, I don't know of any member of my class who was not hazed. Uh, if the question is, is it possible to enter PMA and complete four years of training without being hazed? It's nearly impossible. <laughs> but I've heard of a senior uh, member of uh, a member of a senior class. Uh, he's in the class 50s. He actually graduated without being hazed, sabi niya. And his simple explanation was, that is the price of insignificance. Sabi niya, he was a very insignificant cadet. Hindi siya napapansin daw. Wallflower. So, yeah. so, Pero niya yung case, yung una siguro, we have to clarify the definition of hazing. Yes. For example, based on your experience. Uh, yung, uh, I, I will define hazing as it happens in PMA in the context of how it's defined in the law mm. or the common perception which drove the definition of the law. In, in both uh, versions, uh, in Republic Act 8049 that was passed in 1997 and the recent anti-hazing law passed last year, uh, it is within the context of an initiation uh, into an organization that if you, you are want joining. to be part of. Yes. That is not what happens in PMA. What happens in PMA is uh, within the context of instilling discipline and imposing uh, authority over a plebe. Oh, because you're already part of the organization, That's correct. the academy. And it's not contingent on the continuation of your being part of the yes. student body. It's usually uh, in, within the context of correcting a behavior or imposing punishment. Okay. So, what kind of um, experience did you yes. have to go through? Um, the regulations only allow uh, punishments which include uh, performance of exercises and running laps within the campus. Yun ang acceptable. Yun ang acceptable. Yun ang allowable. So let's say I'm your upperclassman. I can impose that. Yes. Me. As a corrective measure for non-compliance of orders, for example, or uh, or failure to uh, meet certain standards, uh, so on and so forth. How about reasonability of uh, orders? Um, actually, uh, th th that is uh, also a, a concept that develops over time. No, There are really uh, orders which really just test your initiative test your uh, common sense, uh, and uh, test also your your uh, resilience. 
um, there are orders which you know that you simply cannot uh, perform uh, because you will either get kicked out or you will fail your classes because you're not able to study. And what you do is you, you stand up to the upperclassmen who uh, gave that order and just you know face the consequences. And the consequences ideally should not lead to any physical or psychological uh, pain. Yeah, because sometimes uh, orders like this, let's say copy, this was told to me by, yeah. by a retired general, uh, they were used to copying the entire front page yeah. of the Manila Times. That's correct. Somehow, people might see that as ridiculous, yeah. but somehow you could see some sense in that afterward yes. to test your resilience, your compliance at least. Time management skills. Time management yeah. skills. Pero, pero let's say I order you na wash my clothes, don't come to class. That's taboo. Mm -hmm. That's taboo. And as far as I've heard it, uh, as I've talked to uh, members of classes in the 50s, in the 60s, my own father in is from the 70s, it's always been taboo. Personal orders of that sort, ayong uh, magpautos ka na magpalaba, magpaplancha, magpashay ng sapatos. Ano, sapatos mo, that has always been taboo. And I'm glad that that, is, that has been consistent. Pero uh, kasi kay Darwin Dormitore, di ba? Yung there was a report na there was a missing pair of boots. Mm -hmm. Una kasing violation daw niya, he spent already half of his allowance. But then again, why did they have to hurt him? Uh, that is, uh, if you ask me, is that a reason for me to call the attention of Iplib? Yes, definitely. He should not be spending all of his allowance because we'd like him when he graduates or we'd like him as a cadet pa lang to exhibit financial discipline. But should I hurt him because of that? No, of course not. So, so again, I think the, the other question is where do you draw the line between instilling discipline, trying to toughen up the, 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 the plebe, and sheer torture? Well, uh, to me, it was already clear. Uh, the first time I experienced hazing uh, uh, Christian, despite my lack of understanding of the cadet rules and the lack of a law, even at that time, I already know where to draw the line. And where is the line drawn? Never use your fists. Never be physical. Never use any instrument. And wag mong totortahin to the point na mababaliw yung, yung junior mo. Yun, sa akin, clear yun. That, yung, that, uh, that only requires common sense. But sometimes it's not that common. Unfortunately, it's not that common. And now, mm. and now on top of uh, cadet regulations, there, there's already a, a tougher law against hazing. Those, those two um, sources of regulation should be clear enough. Mm -mm. Apparently, it's not clear to, to, to these guys who, you know, the moment you inflict, uh, as the law defines it, the moment you inflict either physical or psychological harm or injury or it leads to death, or even if you uh, give orders that are silly, foolish, or uh, uh, subject the uh, the person to uh, to ridicule, that's already punishable. But, but then again, how do you, where and how do you draw the line? For example, because I can only imagine that sometimes, uh, parang may na turn a, turn on a switch sa yon, Yung parang you, you you feel very powerful in the face of this opportunity given to you to hurt someone, a plebe. And then all of a sudden, you don't know where and when to stop. I, I think we, we should uh, explain that, uh, Christian, within the context of what happens during cadet training. Um, to me, no, uh, yung sab nabanggit mo na yung isa, yung authority. Because yung senior may authority to discipline a junior, that already gives him some sort of power, which, again, like any form of power, is uh, prone to abuse. Second, yung, yung the simple tough environment of PMA. And the third, 
And thinking ko, this is largely unaddressed also. Lahat ng plebo na may dinanas na some form of hazing, maybe they were not able to process it properly. Uh, they were not subjected to a, a um, counseling session which would have allowed them to process those experiences so that hindi na nila ulitin sa juniors nila. I think these three aspects play a role in the continuing recurrence of hazing as a vicious cycle in PMA. I think at the very least, these three must be addressed mm. and other mechanisms like ako, I, 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 I imagine there should be a lecture for PMA administrators, for tactical officers, for senior cadets and even for plebs who will be incoming seniors later on. Uh, there must be at least uh, a lecture from a uh, clinical psychologist as to the psychological effects of hazing uh, from a uh, criminal law practitioner as to the impact of it uh, in, uh, in, in you, you, any violations and what its impact will be in, under criminal law and also uh, um, uh, military men as to the, the uh, practicality of the use of hazing in the field because uh, as far as I can remember many of our officers who taught us in PMA sabi nila hazing has little or no value in the field especially doon kasi yung mga tao mo may mga hawak ding baril <laughs> matorta lang yan sa'yo pwede ka nila barilin as oh. has happened uh, in, uh, to many PMAers who've been shot by their own men De, pero yun nga, how do you balance that with the warrior or macho culture within the academy um i i, I would like to answer yeah. na, no? for example masyado ko mahina you're you're too weak Konting ano lang yan, di ba? we're trying to push it to the limit uh, i i remember the words of our late superintendent uh vic mayo when he was our superintendent uh there was again another incident of hazing uh involving the class of uh, 2000 i was second year then uh and uh, the, uh, the ruling class at that time was already class 97 kasi yung uh Sorry, uh, class 98, kasi yung class 97 pag graduate na, they were on their officer preparatory course. So when he was asked about what he thought, sabi niya, that was really the challenge of PMA, both its authorities and the senior cadets. How to have a fine mix of the toughness that you would require of your military leaders when they graduate from PMA and the kind of humanity and the kind of compassion that would, would check these managers of violence because... Uh, let, let's make no mistake about this, Christian. When you graduate uh, members of any PMA class, you're graduating managers of violence. Because remember, these people will be leading units who have the monopoly of violence in society, mm -hmm. along with the policemen. Right? So there, there has to be that, that element that these guys, under all circumstances, will perform uh, their jobs and superbly at that, uh, in, in the direst, most difficult of circumstances, without you know losing grace and post, uh, poise uh, under these circumstances, but also being able to exhibit compassion, if need be, so that there will be no no um, excesses in 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 the exercise of managing violence, Christian. Mm -hmm. To to put it simply, because after graduation, you'll be the guys who'll be holding the guns. Yes. Simple as that. Now, in your case, earlier you mentioned common sense, which we know is not too common yeah. among many other people. Pero in this case, how were you able to control yourself? Or were you even able to consistently control yourself when you were already put in that position of authority? 
well, I, I realized, Christian, uh, early on no, that uh, uh, hazing had very deleterious effects on me. Um, unfortunately, in our company, there are eight companies in uh, PMA, no? from uh, Alpha up to Hawk, so A, B, C, up to H. Uh, in our company, um, as we were about to finish our first year as plebs, uh, I was one of the... Uh, I was one of those few na lang in our company uh, who was still haste towards the end of our first year. <laughs> Dapat so, may pahinga na. Ito, ito yung nangyari eh. Uh, meron kasing regular, we call it stripping. Lahat kami pinaguhubad, ini-inspect kami ng tactical officers namin for marks on our body kung ginalaw kami. Uh, any uh, any ano, uh, palatandaan ng hazing. So, towards the end of my first year, nakitaan pa rin ako. So, takantaka yung tactical officer na, bakit patapos na mga plebo to? Ba't hinihaze nyo pa? So, uh, I won't be naming names. I mean, you know. Uh, sure, sure. No problem. Uh, so, what the tactical officer did, uh, he ordered the company commander to find out who was responsible and order that cadet to be the one to treat me as a punishment. But then again, yun nga, uh, it was done in the context of not ensuring na hindi masipa yung kadeting yun. So, hindi uh, naman nasipa? Hindi naman siya nasipa. Pero, bakit nga ba? Uh, Why were you still haze toward the end of the school year? Uh, because precisely, may mga hindi kasi nakakapagtimpi ng mga seniors mo. Okay? So, instead of imposing some other form of punishment which do not, does not constitute hazing, na ano pa rin sila, they still resorted to the use of instruments or for some, the use of their fists. What happened to you then? Uh, well, uh, let, let's say na lang na in the lower part of my body, nakitaan ako ng mga <laughs> ng, uh, welts and bruises. So, let's put it that way na lang. I won't be so graphic anymore. You won't so, say na lang na paddling. <laughs> no, actually, hindi, hindi siya. Hindi, iba. Hindi, hindi paddling. So, pero, pero throughout your plebhood, what, what was the worst uh, beating that you experienced? Well, uh, if, you, if you may talk about it. Yeah, well, actually, um, ang pinakakinakatakutan ko nun, uh, uh, Christian and I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> were blows to the head. Uh, yung blows to the head uh, lang uh, ini-imagine ko pa lang noon nung plebo ako uh, if it will happen to me yun uh, I was already on the verge of tears kasi takot na takot ako tamaan yung ulo ko. And alam mo meron kaming may mga tabu pa rin eh. Bawal ka sampalin noon. Bawal ka sampalin. Bawal galawin yung ulo mo at bawal din galawin doon sa masiselang parte. Uh, but uh, if you ask me now, are these uh, ano, taboos enough? No, of course not. And I, I, I would like to reiterate this. Uh, contrary to the glorification of hazing, it should be eradicated kasi you don't know eh. Hindi mo alam talaga kung ano yung threshold ng tao. Mm-hmm. What if you easily reach that threshold? You either drive that guy nuts or worse, mamatay siya in your hands. Or Kaya, later on, turn them into torturers also. Yes. That's why precisely the ban against hazing should be absolute. In no in no uncertain terms should psychological and physical harm be introduced to any form of uh, military training. Pero, pero do you have enough uh, in the curriculum of the PMA that would also make sure that you, you guys would turn into warriors? Yes. Because if I understand it correctly, this practice of hazing exists without the sanction of the PMA. Yes, that's correct. This happens among the cadets. That's correct. So, parang ano siya? Tradition? Uh, and th- this happens among cadets with some uh, 
tacit approval from the alumni. Kasi ang alumni, uh, even up to now, no, with what happened to Cadet Dormitorio, hati pa rin eh. You, you just visit any chat, yeah. chat group of uh, PMA alumni, on the topic of hazing, hati sila. Yeah, yeah. Merong iba that. pa rin that sabi nila, hindi, ano, uh, it, it's been tolerated in some form or another because it's necessary. Some, like me, believe it's absolutely uh, unnecessary. So, hati pa rin yan. Until, uh, even if, let's say, PMA authorities have in, uh, have uh, installed all safeguards and each and every class that will go through PMA henceforth will uh, will turn away from that practice, if meron pa segment of the alumni population will tend to glorify it or tend to, you know, um, uh, ignore it. Uh, cadets still pick up signals from there. Oh, yung kanina, you mentioned uh, in your experience, uh, your, your your squad leader or tactical officer, who was that? He was asked how come toward the end of the school year, hinehaze ka pa rin. Yeah, yeah, ano ba yeah. dapat yung acceptable? Ano? Uh, Wala dapat. De, hanggang kailan yeah. ka ba dapat hinehaze? De, kasi ang, ang punto nila, bakit ito matatapos na mag-play? Kumbaga, not that he was no no not that he was countenancing it kumbaga he would not be surprised if kakapasok lang namin ng PMA may mga marka kami kasi uh, at that point yung mga second year maiinit pa talaga talagang gustong-gustong saktan yung mga para gusto bumawi uh, and that's one by the way that's one element that needs to be addressed no kumbaga hindi siya magtataka noon pero kung patapos na yung uh, taon where little or none of these incidents should have happened may nangyayari pa rin it only made him realize na, alam mo yun, hazing is such, it's very prevalent talaga, even at that time. L- looking back, based on what you experienced as a plebe, I suppose sa second year, hindi ka na hinehaze, no? No. Wala na. Wala na. What happens pala if you, if you get hurt by a fellow f- uh, second year cadet? Ah, away na yun. Kung fellow cadet, uh, kung f- kung same, same year, year level or upper class, usually suntukan yun. Suntukan yun. Yeah, but uh, even pwede that, ka na lumaban. Yeah, pwede ka na lumaban. Uh, mas ano lang kasi, yung yung hierarchy kasi masyado lang kasi stringent na it's really so hard para doon sa first year na resbakan yung senior yung upper class niya so meron ka ng buhay pag second year yeah. pero do you carry over that uh, that hierarchy yung yung plebhood kasi someone told me a fellow graduate yes. of yours sabi niya ang biruan daw na after graduation hangga't mamatay ka pagdating niyo sa langit plebo ka pa rin ng mga upper class that's man. true unfortunately uh, when i say I, I, I don't say it's tragic no uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that is true, Christian. Ako naman, uh, in, in the context of camaraderie, ako, I, I enjoy the company uh, of both my classmates and even my seniors. Kasi meron kayong common experience eh. But somehow, did, uh, looking back, did this experience of yours as a plebe actually help you? Yes. Yes. And if you ask me, kahit tanggalin yung hazing doon, uh, yung, yung experience ko as a plebe toughened me up and it helped me survive all my succeeding experiences in the field, being in jail, and all the other ano, vagaries of life that I have faced uh, afterward. Is there a point where somehow you resented uh, the experience that you had with an upperclassman? Of course. Yung after, na, let's establish na kayo uh, during the military work na, let's say, after PMA. Yeah. Kumbaga, galit na galit ka, nagtanim ka. Uh, over the years, it has subsided. Pero immediately after it happened, grabe, yung, yung galit mo na yun. And yun nga sinasabi ko, pag, hin, pag nadala mo yan hanggang second year, 
init na init kang saktan yung susunod naman na batch na plebo na papasok. Kaya nga sinasabi ko, pero yung galit dun sa nanakit sa'yo. Uh, yung, yung galit sa nanakit sa'yo, because of that hierarchy, sabi ko nga, hindi mo ma-express yun sa kanya. Okay? If at that moment, if at that moment, hindi mo na-express yun nung plebo ka, there's very little chance of that being expressed when you become uh, seniors, both of you. Unless, ulitin niya sa uli, uli sa'yo yun, second year ka na, third year ka na, ay usually doon nangyayari yung magsusuntukan yung kapwa kadete. Pero yung, yung culture within the PMA cadets, among the PMA cadets, yung, does it not automatically uh, mend things na let's say second year ka na, yung nag-hurt sa'yo, third year na, automatically nakakalimutan ba yun? Uh, hindi siya nakakalimutan, but... Uh, or accepted. It, yeah, it somehow heals over time. Uh, like ako, uh, yung galit ko noon doon sa nanghay sa akin, hindi na siya tulad nung kadete ako. Uh, it's, it really mellows over the years, but it doesn't mean that I've forgotten about it. Kaya nga sabi ko nga eh, the fact that I still remember it means that it was really a, uh, a, a negative aspect of my cadet training which I'd rather not, you know, which I'd rather not uh, remember. Was, was there also a time during your plebhood when somehow you felt na was this something worth it or this is a living hell for me? Well, uh, meron kaming tinatawag na beast barracks yung first two months namin. Uh, I tell you, Christian, Every day for my first two months in PMA, I wanted to resign. Because I said, what am I doing here? I said, this life is so hard. But when I survived those two months, ah, sabi ko, I said, I, I, I began to feel a sense of breakthrough. I said, ah, maybe I can do this first year. When I survived my first year, I said, I'm pushing this. Maybe I can do this second year. Because the fear of our second year was two. Either bumagsak kami sa academics because we had the toughest subjects uh, during second year or madismiss ako kasi baka hindi ako makapagpigil kasi yung nararamdaman ko nung plebo ako baka i-ano ko ibaling ko naman doon sa mga first years. So yun yung two biggest fears actually ng second year. Once nalampasan mo yun, you begin to feel this sense of a bigger breakthrough pa. Baka kaya ko to. I might be able to finish this all the way. So sometimes parang aberration na ba yun? Let's say third year ka na, fourth year ka na you still feel that urge to hurt a yes. kid? It's really an aberration. It's, it's the right way to call it that. No? Kasi, uh, uh, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I was able to get over my plebhood experience right away. Na hindi ko na naipasa sa plebo ko yung panghihase. How about the others? Yung mga Yun classmates lang. mo? Unfortunately, for, for the others, hindi. Uh, but then you hope that, you know, pagdating na ng third year, they outgrew it especially kapag nag-fourth year na sila. So, uh, but, there, there, ang, ang punto ko dito, Christian, iba-iba kasi yung pag-process ng tao ng experience nila. What needs to be done really are active interventions. Kasi, you don't want to wait for another cadet dormitorio to die. It's, it's very, very senseless. Because, uh, alam mo yun, um, pinagkatiwala yan ng pamilya at ng estado sa mga kapwa niya kadete para hubugin na maging opisyal at maging leader ng ating uh, sundalo at ng ating bansa eventually. And then, with all of those investments in uh, sa buhay, sa salapi at sa oras, they will just die senselessly in the hands of cadets who would otherwise be molding them and mentoring them. It's really such a big tragedy, Christian. Tragic indeed. Well, uh, Mr. Francisco Ashley Estadillo, thank you very much for joining us thank on you, this Christian. podcast. Thank you. Thank you.